Hey, today is Christmas Day, and I have the privilege of sharing with you a message that I hope will bring you some encouragement on this Christmas Day. See, we're going to start by looking at a short part of the Christmas story as we find it in the Bible, and then I'm going to share with you a couple reasons why the birth of Jesus matters to us today. And so let's take a look at Luke chapter 2, and we please join me in reading Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8. Would you read with me in a big, loud voice together? Let's say it. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Could you go back with me to verse 10 and would you read it with me? Because we're going to emphasize a couple things there. It says in verse 10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people people. You see, the Bible says that the birth of Jesus is good news of great joy for all people. And my question is this, why? Why is the birth of Jesus good news of great joy for all people? Regardless of where in the world you live, regardless of your background, regardless of what part of history you live in, why Is the birth of Jesus good news of great joy for all people? Is it simply because we get a statutory holiday because of it? We get some time off? We get a reason to decorate our house, put up a Christmas tree, maybe put on an ugly Christmas sweater, go shopping, buy gifts, do all that? Is that why? What difference does the birth of Jesus really make in our world and in our lives? I want to share with you two ways that that is possible. Today, the message I'm here to share with you is called The Difference that Jesus makes. And I want to share with you two ways that Jesus being born into this world matters to us today and makes a difference in our lives today. And if you're taking good notes, then you can write this down as well. The first way that Jesus's birth means something to us today and makes a difference in our lives today is because Jesus was born. You can know that God loves you and wants to be close to you. Turn to me and say, God loves you. God loves you. See, my wife, Charlene and I, We've been married for 19 years now. It's gone by so fast, 19 years. And I can still remember when Charlene and I, we were still dating. And I was at her house one time and she was showing me these old photo albums of her and her family when they were much younger. And I remember I'm at her house and I, I pick up one of the photo albums and I open it. And then as soon as I open it, out drop these pieces of paper. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I, I, I grabbed the piece of paper. And the moment I grabbed the piece of paper, I felt a familiar feeling. Is that these pieces of paper were fax machine papers. You know, back in the day when the old fax machines would have, I can't believe I'm explaining this, but it's like, it's like a fax machine in the olden days, they would have a roll of paper. It's like toilet paper. And then when a message came out of the fax machine, it would come out, and then it would drop to the ground, and it would kind of roll up again, because it was always in a roll. And when that paper dropped out of the photo album, I picked it up, and I unrolled it, and I unscrolled it, and I saw on this paper these handwritten words and these hand-drawn pictures that were kind of fading away, but you could still see it. And I asked Charlene, hey, Char, what are these? And see, Charlene told me that When she was eight years old, she moved from a place called Taiwan to Vancouver. 
with her mom, with her brother Daniel. And it wasn't an easy decision because it meant that Charlene and her brother and her mom would be living here in Canada while Charlene's dad would stay in Taiwan to support the family working there. And so starting at eight years old and for the rest of her childhood and into her adolescence, Charlene grew up getting to see her dad only ever so often, maybe at Christmas, maybe for spring break, maybe for a bit of the summer. And because Charlene missed her dad and because her dad was missing her and always thinking about her, you know, Charlene's dad, he would do something that I thought was really touching, is that back then there was no email. Back then there was no internet to use. Back then there was no Zoom, there was no Skype, there was no FaceTime, but Charlene's dad had a fax machine. And so every week or so, he'd take a piece of paper and he'd write a handwritten letter to Charlene. He'd draw some fun pictures that he hoped would make her smile. And then he would fax that letter over to Vancouver from Taiwan. Week after week, year after year. Over time, she would collect all these different letters from the fax machine from her dad. And though those fax letters, a lot of the pictures have faded. Some of the words you can't really make out. The paper itself used to be really bright white and now it's like a pale yellow. Despite all that, Charlene still keeps those papers dear to her. Because it's reminded her that when she was separated from her dad by an ocean and couldn't get to where he was, those fax letters were a reminder that this was her dad's way of letting Charlene know, I love you, I miss you, I'm always thinking of you, and I'd love to be where you are. And you know, why do I mention that? It's because one of the main messages of the Bible is that God loves you and he wants to be close to you. Like a loving parent, God, he's always thinking about you. So maybe you grew up in a home where the people that you thought you're supposed to be close with, you're actually not that close with. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe they were busy a lot. Maybe they put you in one place and they went to another place and so you lived a long distance from them. Maybe it was something where they were physically around but they were kind of emotionally detached and very often, though they probably meant well, they often made you more feel small than more feel loved. And so as a result, you just feel like, I don't really know how I'm supposed to feel. Or maybe for reasons beyond your control, you find that there's certain people that you love that you couldn't be with. And maybe just maybe because of that experience, you project that image onto God. And you think God is that way too. God is so far away and distant from me. He's not really there. He doesn't care. And you think that's God. But I'm here to let you know, the reason Jesus was born into this world is so that you could know that you have a heavenly father who loves you and wants to be close to you. And nothing, nothing gives him more joy than to be with you where you are. You know, I'm far from a perfect parent and I'm still learning how to be a good dad. But one thing that I look forward to every week is every week I get to have a little time with my two boys called Daddy Day. And Daddy Day is not really a full day. It's actually just more like an hour one week, each, each week. And, you know, for my older son, his name is Bradley. He's 10 years old. He loves video games. And so for Daddy Day, we might just sit in the car and we might watch a video about how to beat Mega Man Zero. For my younger son, Caleb, he's four years old. And see, Caleb, he loves buses. And so once a week, we will go on a bus ride together. It's not because we have to go anywhere. It's just because he loves buses. And, you know, in fact, we've been singing a song together this past month leading up to Christmas, which goes a little bit like this. It goes, all I want for Christmas is a bus front seat, a bus front seat. Oh, a bus front seat. All I want for Christmas is a bus front seat so I can wish you Merry Christmas, all right? 
And, uh, <laughs> and it's funny because two weeks ago, Christmas came early for Caleb. Is that on a couple of weeks ago, Caleb got the chance to ride in his dream bus. You know what that was? It was a double-decker bus. And I can still remember the buses coming our way. We're at the bus stop, and then the bus doors open. We're the first ones through. We rush upstairs to the top floor. We get to the front seat. We have the best view, and we are now taking a selfie together. We're enjoying the ride until one of us had to go pee. And it was an amazing time. And it was one of those things where, you know, I find that Caleb, he takes the bus because he loves buses. I take the bus, not because I love buses, because I love Caleb. And you see, nothing gives me more joy than spending time with my boys. And see, here's the thing. What does this have anything to do with Christmas? It's because if what the Bible says is true, and Jesus was not just some ordinary human being or some famous teacher who's come into the world, but that Jesus is, as the Bible calls him, the eternal son of God. If that's Jesus, then when Jesus was born on Christmas Day, this wasn't just an ordinary human being born, being born. This was God visiting humankind. This was heaven visiting earth. And why? It's because God loves you and wants to be close to you. You, maybe you grew up thinking that if you wanted to be loved, if you wanted to be accepted, if you wanted to be included, that you need to meet certain conditions. You had to look a certain way. You had to talk a certain way. You had to act a certain way. You had to meet certain standards. You had to do certain things just to be loved, just to be accepted. Maybe in your family or your school or in the workplace or somewhere else. I'm here to tell you this. God's love is not that way. God's love for you is unconditional. God's love for you isn't based on how well you do in school or what your performance is like in work or how good looking or how not good looking you think you are. But God's love for you is simply because God is love and he loves you no matter what. Luke chapter two, verse 12 says it this way. It says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that Jesus was born not in a palace, but in a manger? Why not a royal palace because he's a king? Why a manger, which is like a dirty, dark cave where horses poo and pee? Why there? I believe this to show us that your life doesn't need to be all put together before God is willing to get close to you. It's because God loves you and wants to be close to you. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. God loves you. That's the first reason why the birth of Jesus makes a difference in our lives. There's a second. It's that because Jesus Christ was born, you can know that in the middle of your mess, you have a savior to rescue you. See, we all have our own messes that we deal with. Maybe your mess is in regards to your health or the health of somebody you love. Maybe something's wrong and things are uncertain and you're a little bit scared about what's going to happen. Or maybe your mess is financial. You're looking at your bank account right now and you're looking at mortgage rates and you're looking at inflation and you're looking at fears of recession and you're looking at FTX and cryptocurrency and you're looking at all these different things that make you a little scared and you're wondering how am I going to make ends meet? It's a financial mess. Or maybe the mess is in regards to relationships where maybe there's a relationship in your life that you care about but it's not in a good place right now. It's a messy place right now. Or maybe your mess is just that you're so busy. 
is that you've got this endless list of all these things that you have to do. Every day it feels like you're juggling 20 balls in the air and you can't even drop a single one. And so every day you're in panic mode. Every day it's like you're running around, you're not even sure why you're doing what you're doing anymore. Or, or maybe the mess is that you had a plan that got messed up. You wanted to enjoy the season, but then there was, for some reason, an unexpected interruption. Maybe a snowstorm or maybe some other storm that got in the way and now life is so much more complicated and frustrating and inconvenient than it was before. Or maybe your mess is in regards to your mental health. Maybe you're battling depression. Maybe you're fighting an addiction. You, know, you might think that your mess or your stress or your worry or your grief somehow disqualifies you from being able to really enjoy Christmas this year. But I'm here to let you know, the whole point of Christmas. The very reason God brought Jesus Christ into this world was for people in messy situations. And in fact, the reason Jesus was born into this world is so that you could know that in the middle of your mess, you have a Savior who's here to rescue you. And as an example of how Jesus is a Savior to those who look to Him when they're in a mess, I want you to welcome someone very dear to me. He's, he's a good friend. He's one of the smartest guys I know. Uh, and he works in the real estate industry, but he's not here to talk to us about real estate today. He's here to share with you a little bit of his story and his journey. Would you please join me in welcoming my good friend, Jim, as he brings his story to us today. Hello everyone. Wow. What an honor for me to share my testimony today on Christmas Day. My name is Jim Huang and my wife, Cici Tam. And together we have three kids, Andre, Zaria, and Seth. And we have been coming to Thrive Church since June of 2021. So the following is my faith story. Growing up in Taiwan, when I was little, my parents were hardly ever around. They were always busy at work trying their very best to put the foods on the table for my brother and I. Sometimes work even took them away to place, foreign places, and I would not get to see them for weeks, and sometimes even for months. After I married my wife, Cici, in Taiwan, she came over to Taiwan to stay with me um, from Canada. And at the time, I was working in my parents' company. They tried to instill their work philosophy to me to shape me into the workaholics they once were. I remember during the Chinese New Year of 2014, Sissy and I just had our first newborn, Zaria. I had to leave them behind and spend a month in Germany doing trade shows and visiting prospects and clients. Being a first-time mom without any family support, my wife Sissy was scrambling miserably and was struggling to keep up with all of our daughter, newborn daughter's demands. She was very, very mad at me and frustrated then. Moreover, there were many more, there were many more re marriage-related troubles concerning Cece's and my value differences, our conflicts with the in-laws, and her culture shock with her living in Taiwan for the first time, and as well as us having challenges being first-time parents. The emotional disconnection and the loss of romance between Cece and I had us considering a divorce then. After many counseling sessions and family and friends mediations, nothing really seemed to work. Our hearts drifted away from each other day by day. 
close friend's mom, Auntie Min, had learned of our ordeal, and she was a very faithful Christian. And she insisted that we should join her church's prayer gathering and start going to church with her on Sunday. And for the record, at the time, I came from a very devout Buddhist family. As a Buddhist, for a long time, I saw Christianity as a Western concept, and I did not believe in Bible. Still, when Auntie Min invited us to go to church with her, I was in such a desperate place that I felt I had nothing to lose. So my wife and I started to go into church, and the more I went to church and learned about Christianity, a few things touched me. Firstly, I was intrigued by how intelligent and practical Jesus was, and how his teaching reached across time, cultures, and ethnicities. Second, I was fascinated by how Christianity was less about following rules and traditions. And more about fostering a father and son relationship with the divine. Christianity is not so much about a transactional-based approach to God. Rather, when we had no way of reaching God due to our sins, God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins to make a relationship with Him possible again. God's love for us is unconditional, much like our love toward our kids. So one day, when we were at Auntie Min's house, and although I still had many many questions. I had seen enough to know that I need Jesus Christ in my life, so I decided to receive Jesus as my Savior to get baptized. And my wife also recommitted to her,、um, her life to Jesus that same day too. Since receiving Jesus into my life six years ago, life has turned around for me. I used to be a very judgmental person toward others around me, but as I follow Jesus and Bible's teaching, I have become more compassionate. Understanding and unprejudiced when I engage with others. I remember once I was reading the New Testament and something Jesus said really impacted me. Jesus said to his disciple Peter, "You will be a rock which I build my church on." When I read that, I thought to myself, "Wow, I want to be a rock like that for my family and for my kids." I found that getting to know Jesus encourages me to treat my wife, my kids, and my parents. As well as my in-laws and people around me, with more love, more affection, and more respect, I now have great relationship with my wife, as well as with my parents and in-laws. They are not only my family, but also my best friends, and our communication is so much healthier than it was before. I thank Jesus every day for walking into my heart, for giving me all my sins, and empowering me every day to be just a little better and a little kinder than I was yesterday. Thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening to my story, and hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you. One more time, can we thank Jim, Jim, and Cece for so courageously sharing their story with us today? You know, when I listen to Jim's story, I'm reminded of a couple things. The first thing I'm reminded of. Is that you don't need to have grown up in a church or from a Christian background to experience the hope that is in Jesus. You might come from a Buddhist background, or you might come from a Hindu background, or you might come from a Muslim background, or maybe you come from a you know agnostic or atheist background. But see, Jesus coming into this world is good news of great joy for all people, 
and the hope that we have in Jesus is something anyone can experience if you're willing to give Jesus a chance. If you believe that, say amen. And see, the second thing is this. I'm reminded when I hear Jim's story that whenever you're in a big mess and you don't know what to do, the best thing you can do is invite Jesus into the mess. Because inviting Jesus into the mess, though he is the eternal son of God, he's not going to laugh at you and just kick you while you're down, but he's there to help you in the mess. That goes for relationship messes. That goes for marriage messes. That goes for health messes. That goes for financial messes. That goes for mental health messes. And while each one of us has our own individual mess that we might be dealing with today, I'm here to let you know there is one mess, and it's the biggest mess of all, that we all find ourselves in. One that only Jesus can save us from. Now, when I say only Jesus can save us from this mess, I hope you don't take me as being arrogant or narrow-minded, because let me explain. Hear me out. See, the Bible says that we are all in a mess, that this mess is this, is that we want to be good, but we're not always good. We want to be selfless and loving, but so often we act selfishly instead. We want to be self-controlled, and yet we're in traffic. Someone cuts us off, and we just lose control. We want to forgive, and we know that's the best thing, but instead we just hang on to that grudge for whatever reason. In other words, we've built inside us, or we have built inside us, a moral standard that we can't even meet. And it's like we want to do what's right, but we can't do it all the time. And that tendency to sometimes do the wrong thing instead of the right thing, to sometimes think the wrong thing instead of thinking the right thing, that tendency is what the Bible calls sin. And see, sin is that tendency in us to want to do things our way, not God's way. And see, all of us have sinned. Romans 3.23 puts it this way. It says, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And see, the messy effects of sin are real, man. Is that sin messes up our relationships. Sin messes up our peace of mind. Sin messes up, most of all, our connection with God. Because God is perfectly righteous, perfectly just, perfectly holy. There's no sin in him. And so the Bible says God can't have anything to do with sin. He's so holy. And that's why Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. In other words, because of our sin, we die not just physically, but we die spiritually. Is that because of sin, the connection between us and God is cut off such that we can't have anything to do with God, not here on earth, not in heaven later. It's like there's this infinite gap between us and God that we can never cross no matter how hard we try. See, how do you deal with a mess like that? How do you get through something like that? See, there are two ways. There's two approaches that people in our world tend to take when it comes to the mess called our sin. The first way is to try to cover up the mess. Kind of like spilt milk. Oh, no one saw it? Okay, let me just cover it up. Let me cover it up and pretend that the sin doesn't exist or that it's no big deal. You know, a few weeks ago, my son Bradley and I, we were watching an episode of America's Funniest Home Videos, which are just like funny family home videos. And there was this one video of this girl who's maybe about six years old. And she is having a Zoom meeting with Santa Claus. And it's been arranged, of course, by her parents. And so Santa, over Zoom, greets the girl, says, Hello, Sally. Ho, 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 ho. And Sally's so surprised. She's like, how do you know my name? And then Santa decides to have some fun with her. Santa says, now, Sally, have you been a good girl this year? And then Sally nods and says, yes, I've been very good. 
And then Santa says, well, I heard from your parents last night that you made fun of your brother and he cried. Is that true? And then Sally goes from having a big smile to a big frown and says, let's not talk about that. And you see, why did she respond that way? It's because she knows, according to the Santa Claus mentality to Christmas, if you're naughty, you get nothing. It's only if you're good that you get something, according to the Santa Claus approach to Christmas. And so, you know, by the way, I, I, you know, I want to show you something. You might have seen a sneak peek of it already, but I want to show you two handmade stockings that our uh, friends here at Thrive, our serving team, made. Can you give them a big hand? All right. Okay. In fact, let's give all of our serving team, everyone in the back, everyone on the stage, everyone online, let's give them all a big hand. Thank them for their hard work today. Aren't these awesome? Handmade. What we're going to do is this. I'm going to put up a fireplace, and uh, we're going to put up this stocking right here. Okay, right here. This is the naughty stocking. And then I'm going to go on this side here. I'm going to put this up on this side. And we got a fireplace. On, oh, how convenient. we got a, a fireplace on this side, too. All right, let's put this right here. Can I see that? Yeah, can I see that? This one says, I've been very, very good. <laughs> This one says, of course, naughty. And see, according to the Santa Claus approach to Christmas, if you're naughty, you get nothing. If you're good, you get something. And so because this girl knows that, she's like, okay, I'm going to hide my mess, and I'm just going to tell Santa, I've been very, very good. Now, that's really cute for a six-year-old girl to do with Santa. But how many of you know that when it comes to the mess as serious as sin in our lives, a lot of us take a very similar approach. Is that when it comes to the mess called sin in our lives, a lot of us will take this same approach. We, we cover up the sin. We cover up the mess. We say it's no big deal. It doesn't matter. I'm very, very good. You know, for example, I once had a friend having a conversation with her. And I asked her, you know, when you die, do you think you're going to go to heaven? And you know what she said? She said, yes. Yes, I do. And I asked her, why? Why do you think you'd go to heaven? And she says, well, it's because I've helped so many young people in my lifetime. I'm a good person. And because I'm good, I'm good. That's basically what she was saying. And with all due respect to my friend, what she was saying is that she believed that her good deeds earned her a place in heaven. I'm very, very good. And see, here's the thing. The reason Jesus was born at Christmas was to deliver a completely different message than that. Do you know? Jesus' message is not be a good person and earn your way to heaven. That's not the message Jesus came to bring. You know what the message was that Jesus came to bring? The message Jesus came to bring is this. Look at Luke chapter 18, verse 19. It might shock you. Look at verse 19. It says, Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. In other words, it doesn't matter how good you think you are. It doesn't matter how good you claim to be. It doesn't matter how good you even try to be. No matter how good you think you are, we will never be good like God is good. Only God is good. And un un apart from God, no one is good. And so there's no use trying to impress God with our good deeds and our resume and think we're going to earn our place in God's heaven somehow. Because the Bible already says, I'm already separate from God because of our sin. But the good news is this, is that when we had no way of getting to God on our own, when there was an infinite ocean that separated us and God, God didn't say, well, to hell with them, to hell with that sinner. Since the wage of sin is death, just let them die. Let them be away from me forever. No, God didn't do that. 
but because God loves you and he wants to be close to you because God couldn't bear to spend a moment or especially an eternity without you. God made a way not to cancel out the sinner, but to cancel out the sin. What did he do? He sent Jesus Christ into this world, the eternal son of God. And Jesus, he was born into this world. He stepped into our mess and he did something that no one else could do. He lived the life that met all of God's requirements, a life that only God in the flesh could live. And not only did he do that on our behalf, but even more, he went to a cross and he died on that cross, not for his sins, for our sins, so that God could cancel out the debt we owed him, so that we could be completely forgiven, such that there's no more need to repay a debt. There's no more need to earn our way there because God made a way when we didn't have a way. And to show that Jesus Christ is not just some ordinary human being or some good teacher or some crazy person who had no idea or was lying and deceiving people, to show that you can trust in Jesus. Not only did Jesus die on the cross for our sins, but Jesus rose again from death to show that sin and death have no hold over him. Oh, come on, would you give God some praise in this place together right now. And so that's why the Bible says anyone who places their trust, not in how good they think they are, but in how good God is and what Jesus did on the cross for them. God doesn't count their sins against them anymore. That's why Romans 6, 23 says it this way. It says, read it with me. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, it's no wonder that the Bible says the birth of Jesus is good news of great joy for all people. It's because no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you come from or what your background is, God loves you and wants to be close to you. And he wants that so bad that he's willing to give up everything just for the chance that you could be with him. That's why he sent Jesus for us. When we were stuck in the middle of a mess that we couldn't get out of ourselves, Jesus came into that mess to rescue us from that mess. When we had no way of getting to God on our own, no way of saving ourselves, Jesus came to be the savior that we need. And no one else has done that. Not a single person in history other than Jesus has died on the cross to pay for your sins. A lot of people have shared their philosophies. A lot of people have said, oh, this is how you live a good life. This is how you be a better person, religious or not religious. But only one person in all of history has ever gotten on a cross to die for your sins. His name is Jesus. And that's why Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Notice it doesn't say today in the town of David, a good person has been born to you. Or today in the town of David, a good religious teacher who will show you how to be a better person has been born to you. It says today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. And see, so many people, they might live life to say, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm very, very good, and so I can save myself. Jesus comes into our world and says, though you can never save yourself, that's okay, because I'm here, and I will be the savior that you need. See, the wonder of Christmas is that when we deserved nothing, we instead got everything. We got it through Jesus. What difference does the birth of Jesus make in our lives? Is that because Jesus Christ was born, you can know that in the middle of our biggest messes of life, 
you have a savior to rescue you. Jesus is the savior you need. Could you give Jesus some praise in this place together right now? Could you do that right now? Let's all stand. In just a minute, I'm going to lead you in a way to respond to God by praying a prayer. But even before that, I'm going to ask our band here to lead us in a song, a song we sang earlier today because we want to give our attention to Jesus now. And so let's sing this song from our hearts. After that, I'm going to lead you in prayer. You know, I was going through a card store one time and I saw a quote that has stuck with me ever since. Can I show that quote to you? It goes like this. It says, the hope of Christmas is not the absence of trouble, but it's the presence of Jesus. You might be going through a really troublesome, messy time right now, but let me tell you, when you have Jesus in your life, it makes all the difference in the world. When you have Jesus in your life, you can know that though life is tough, God loves me and has a plan for my life, and he's always writing a greater story. And if you want more of God's presence in your life, if you want Jesus to make the difference in your life that only he can, if you want him to forgive your sins, then I want to invite you to pray with me a simple prayer. How do you receive Jesus? It's not enough just to hear a message and go, oh, that was nice, and then you go home and that's it. But how do you receive Jesus? You do so by personally asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins, by asking Jesus to be your savior. Have you done that? Have you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Regardless of what your background is, maybe your first time in church, have you asked Jesus to forgive your sins? I want to give you an opportunity to do exactly that right now because that's even more important than hearing a message or coming to church. It's the most important thing is asking Jesus to forgive your sins because that's the thing that Jesus came to do, to be the savior that we need. And so, you know, if you've never done that before, we want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. It's so simple. You don't have to come from a Christian background. You don't have to, you know, come to church often, but it's just simply something where you might be your first time in church. You can pray this prayer too. And so I'm just going to lead you in this prayer right now with every head bowed, with every eye closed. And just as a way to show your honesty to God, as a way just to say, you know what, God, I need you. If you want to pray that prayer to ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, we just, we just lift your hand to God right now. Just lift your hand to God right now. Let the height of your hand reflect how much you need him. Maybe one of our team members is going to come up to you with a little card with a prayer on it. And we're going to pray that prayer in just a second. But if that's you, why just lift up your hand? Don't worry about your neighbor. It doesn't concern them. This is between you and God right now. And if you want to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, to do what only he can do, no one else can do it for you, then I'm encouraged just to lift your hand to God. If you're online, you can click the link in your chat room. You can scan the QR code that's on your screen and you're going to get that card as well with that prayer on it. And this is just a simple prayer you can pray regardless of your background to ask Jesus Christ for his help to be the one to forgive you of your sins, to be the savior we need in the middle of our mess when we've had no other way. And so with that in mind, if you want to pray that prayer, just lift up your hand, lift up your heart to God. And I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. And well, let's pray this in support of those praying it for the very first time. Let's all pray this together and say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus thank, you thank you that because you love me, because you, love you, died me. you died on the cross to pay for my sins. For my sins. You, rose you rose again to give me life. Today, Today I, open up my heart I open up my heart and I ask you, I ask please you. forgive me of all my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Can you give God a big hand in this place together right now? If you prayed that prayer, then congratulations. The Bible says simply by asking Jesus that way, you are now receiving what Jesus Christ has done. You are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You have a relationship with God, not based on what we do, but based on what Jesus Christ has done for you. Praise God, the best is yet to come. And if you prayed that prayer just now, we encourage you to let someone know. And one of the best ways you can do that, one of the things we encourage people to do is the Bible says, believe and be baptized. Baptism is not a graduation. Baptism is not just, oh, look how perfect I am. It's not about that. It's the opposite. It's saying, I thank Jesus for dying on the cross for me. That's all you're saying. And so if that's you, you prayed that prayer just now, then guess what? You can get baptized. We'd love to help you with that. Go to mythrob.info, press the baptism button. We'd love to help you with that. One day, more information on baptism there. But hey, praise God. Today is an amazing day. It's Christmas Day, and it's a day when we remember and celebrate the unconditional, amazing love of Jesus. So would you do this with me? Hello, Thrive. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Thrive Church. We're so excited to celebrate Christmas with you today on this Christmas Sunday. My name is Christine, and I hope you had a fantastic Christmas so far here at Thrive. Before we end off, let's jump into some announcements and take a look at what's coming up here at Thrive. If this is your first time joining us, we want to show you how much we appreciate you being here today by giving you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. Simply scan the QR code at the back of your seat or visit mythrive.info and click New to Thrive to fill out the Connect card. If you joined us online, we'll mail you the gift as soon as possible. And if you're here with us today at Lipon Place, Please drop by the Welcome Center under the big tent outside the entrance door after the service to pick up your gift. Once again, thanks so much for worshiping with us today. If you've received Jesus today, we're so happy for you and we want to celebrate with you. Please visit the Welcome Center under the big tent right outside the entrance door after the service. We'd love to connect with you and share with you some helpful contents that might answer your questions. We really want to be right alongside you as you begin your faith journey. There's also a gift we prepared to congratulate you. We look forward to connecting with you at the Welcome Center under the Big Tent. And if you're here with us online and you've also received Jesus today, you can let us know by visiting mythrive.info and click I want to ask Jesus into my life. We can't wait to hear from you. Last but not least, if you're looking for ways to get more connected at Thrive, there's no better timing to get yourself plugged in in our Thrive community by joining a small group or by being a part of a serving team as we're heading into a brand new year. This is the best way to meet new friends and to develop meaningful relationships with others. To sign up, visit mythrive.info. All right, so that concludes our announcements today. If you believe in the mission and the vision of Thrive and would like to contribute towards it, I highly encourage you to head on over to mythrive.info and click online giving. Thank you so, so much for joining us today and celebrating Christmas with us. Once again, if you're new to Thrive or if you receive Jesus today, we can't wait to see you at the Welcome Center under the big tent by the entrance door after the service. Enjoy the rest of your Christmas Sunday. See you next week. Bye.